discussion. The mockumentary, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon from 2006. Tagline, Jason, Freddy, Myers. We all need someone to look up to. (laughs) Directed by Scott Glosserman, written by Scott Glosserman and David J. Steve. Uh, Music by Gordon Hobb. Budget of 250000 USD. uh, Only made 62000 It lost money. Wah, wah. And that's probably the reason why it's so underrated, yeah. so uh, you know, uh, unknown. Principal players: we have Kate Miner playing Kelly Curtis, final girl, quote unquote. Hint, guys, she's not. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> <clears throat> she was in Shameless, the campaign with Will Ferrell and um, oh, what's his name, the guy who's in The Hangover. Um, a little short, Galifianakis. Yeah, Galifianakis, and then Fifty Shades of Black. Which is funny because that links it to uh, yeah. the Mar- or Marlon Wayans. So, I mean, you got that whole scary movie connection. We have Nathan Basil playing Leslie Vernon, who is a slasher in training and becomes a full-on slasher by the end of the film. Uh, he was he was the producer on every Deadliest oh, Catch. Oh, shit. Like he, I love Deadliest Catch. Yeah, so he went on to be like just to do producing stuff. But, I mean, he couldn't have had a better show because that was like one of the most popular and might still be like, you know, uh, of those uh, true story type shows, you know. Yeah. Like the, uh, and then Invasion, the TV series. We have Angela Gothels uh, or Gethels or whatever playing Taylor Gentry, who's the documentarian. She is our final girl, folks, and we'll get into that. Uh, she was the girl in Home Alone that that uh, just gives my favorite scene, Les Incompetents. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, she was Kevin's older sister that hated his guts. And uh, she was also in Jerry Maguire. It's funny because my wife doesn't recognize actors or actresses from anything. And as soon as she saw that actress, she's like, is she the girl from Home Alone? I'm like, how the hell did you know that? <laughs> I would not have remembered that. Uh, Robert England is in this, plays Doc Holleran, uh, who's the Dr. Loomis Van Helsing archetype in this film. <laughs> He really is. Uh, we have Scott Wilson, uh, who plays Eugene in this movie. He's a retired slasher. Uh, which slasher do you think he was supposed to have been? Um, I, I saw an article on him. Uh, it was, um, fuck, A Silent Night? Mm-mm. Which Getting one? close, though. Um, Black Christmas. No, Black Christmas, yes. He, the he I, the be, eye. The, the, yeah, he, he was can... the, the Billy the, in yes. that movie. Um, I love that reference. Like that, that is one of my favorite things about this movie because it it so much loves the genre that it throws back and ties in stuff like that. And the yeah. fact that, that Billy was never caught, and they bring back Scott Wilson and he and he and they even talk about it in the movie. I mean, they don't really give you a vibe, but he says back whenever I was operating in the late sixties, early seventies, which is exactly when Black Christmas was happening, he said the game was different. We didn't have, well, I mean, we, we was one and done. We didn't come back like these new guys do. You yeah. Know? <clears throat> uh, of course, he played Herschel in The Walking Dead. Uh, in Cold Blood, The Exorcist Three. Uh, he was the doctor in that one. And uh, The Ninth Configuration. Um, we have Bridget Newton playing Jamie, who's married to Eugene. She's a hot older lady. She is, and 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 Leslie even mentions it. You know, yeah, uh, that scene. He's like, and she's really, and he's like, and then she pops up and he stops what she's saying or whatever. But you can tell he's trying to say that she's really hot. Yeah. Uh, ben Pace plays Doug Johnson, one of the documentary crew. 
Zelda Rubenstein plays Mrs. Collinwood, who's the local librarian and the Doom Prophet in the movie, and she's obviously from Poltergeist. You know, walk toward the light, Carol Ann. <laughs> Anthony Forsyth plays Pete. Uh, he's uncredited as Lauren's boyfriend. T.O. Gomez plays Stoner number one. Matt Bolt plays Stoner number two. Britton Spellings plays Todd Best, uh, the cameraman and the martyr. Uh, he's the he's the chunky boy in the movie. Chunky boy. Chrissy Carlson plays Lauren, the friend to Kate. And I say that in quotation marks because they seem more like frenemies than they do friends. Uh, she's also the hoe. <laughs> and Hart Turner, who plays Shane, who is Kelly's boyfriend. Uh, synopsis. Leslie Vernon is a local legend among the folks of Glen Echo. They tell stories about the troubled child and the horrible death that befell him. But Leslie didn't die, and now he plans on capitalizing on his fame by joining the ranks of those illustrious slashers that had gone before him, Jason, Freddie, and Michael. With the help of a documentary crew, a retired pro, and a well-meaning Ahab, Leslie Vernon might just be the next name in horror. He's aiming for it. Yeah, he's, he's working for that title. Body count, 10, which is respectable. Counted, at least. 11 uncounted. We have Mrs. Collinwood, who's killed with a hand scythe. Michael, who's killed off screen by Leslie. Julie, who's killed off screen by Leslie. Peter, presumably stabbed through the back with a pitchfork. Stoner number one, stabbed in the head back with a hand scythe. Stoner number two has his heart ripped out with a post hole digger. That was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, Kelly Curtis fell to death from the second story window. That's her own fault. Nobody else's. But Leslie did set it up, which is pretty funny. Uh, cameraman Todd has his neck broken just off screen. Bye-bye, Chunky Boy. Lauren killed with a hand scythe. Shane is hanged. And then uncounted Leslie Vernon because if you watch through the end credits, folks, he is in the morgue and he rises from the dead, even though he's been burnt to death. Oh, so. my God. Uh, I loved his description of the fucking stoners as you were just talking about their deaths, by the way. (laughs) I love the, like the whole thing with him because like he's interesting because like prior to his turn, which we'll get to, because I don't think you, you couldn't make it to that and it's understandable. But prior to his turn, like he's he's almost a likable guy. In this yes, movie. he is. <laughs> well, and he's likable because he it's weird because he discusses the things that we discuss. Yeah, and he's and he's and he's so passionate about he it. Is. Too. He's like because he's sitting there and he's like he's and, and she's going on about his books and the one scene and like he's like well he's like. He said, I wouldn't recommend reading Grey's Anatomy all the way through, but you kind of have to if you're an art, you know, part of the trade. But then he, like, geeks out, and he's like, but these, these are the cool things. And he's, it's like Harry Houdini, like, how to escape, you know, like, certain situations. And, and, and him, like, and him marking out because, like, that scene at the beginning of it where he takes them to the um, college, and, and he's, like, and he's telling them how that he tracks, like, he spots his prey, and he finds the one girl, you know, and then, like, and she actually sent, and he and she looks that their way, realizing that he's out there watching her, and he's like, did you see that? Did you catch that? She sensed me. Like, we sensed each other, you know? <laughs> he is. It's funny because he's also very, he, he's very passionate about it, but he's also nonchalant about things. And I think it's the, both the passion and that that makes this so good because, again, going back to the stoners where he's just like, oh, you know, well, they're good for padding numbers. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He mentions how you got to have, you got to have the stoners because they can't run because they've smoked their lungs up to the point where they can't run and they're, and, you know, they're going to be high anyways. They're good for padding out your numbers. You oh, know? my God. I loved it. Um, but, um, let's see. 
as far as quotes goes, uh, we have the Jamie saying, I'll tell you, never hang out with a virgin. You got a virgin in your crew, either get somebody in her pants or get the hell away from her. And Eugene says, aside from that, the simple answer is run like a motherfucker and don't stop till the sun comes up. True story. And that those are both uh, very good points in a horror film. Uh, Doug Johnson, what kind of survivor girl passes out in a pinch? <laughs> That's later on. I, I don't think you saw that part. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, Todd Best uh, passes out. What kind of survival girl hops on a nerdy kid's Johnson like a like it's a pogo stick? And um, Leslie Vernon, uh, it is going to get wet in here tonight. Lace your boots up, kitties. <laughs> <laughs> so visually, what do you think about this movie? Uh, visually, it looked great because it looked like an actual documentary. That's what um, I was going to say. Normally, we talk about in these movies how the flat lighting works against the movie mm-hmm. because it makes it look cheap. This movie was supposed to be a documentary and which has flat lighting, so that yes. perfectly fits the movie. Although, I'm going to say that it did confuse me when it went a little cinematic in its in its view. And so, yeah, yeah that kind of threw me off. It went cinematic whenever it was like moving outside of like when the doc and, and it did an interesting way, which actually tied into the story. It lost the, the documentary look and went to cinematic look during the scenes where the camera crew was losing control of the situation. Okay. Like, that made sense. Yeah. Because the scene in the library is a big one because yes. suddenly whenever it goes to Zelda Rubenstein doing the doom prophet thing, where <laughs> she's telling the story of, you know, Leslie Vernon uh, it's very vibrant, very, it's got like in the, in like the, the, it's almost like they're, they're, they're in a library, but for some reason it gives you those vibes of being by campfire or like yeah. a, a, you know, a, a mantle or something it, because or fireplace, because like the, the lights are longer, you know, the shadows are longer, the lights are more like, you know, golden orange colored, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, they do the same thing at the end of the movie, which is the part you missed whenever there's a turn toward the end of the movie. So here's how the story ends, because I know you missed this part. I'm excited. So you saw the scene where Leslie was explaining how he was going to set up the kills, right? Did you get that far? So, and then there's that whole good scene where he's, like, crying. He's so happy with what he's got planned. And then, like, he actually gets uh, Taylor, you know, to uh, hold his hand or whatever with him. Did you (laughs) see that? I don't know if I did, but they had a lot of moments. Like, they had a hug after their first successful... I don't know, something that he did. I completely forgot. But, like, like they would celebrate small accomplishments. Yeah, she sees him crying, and, like, he's so overcome with emotion, and she, like, like offers her hand, and, yeah. like, he takes it. And then it, it's it's a good moment between them, which is weird when, when I get to what happens. So... So, anyways, so they're, he's in the middle of starting his kills up. They're in the, they're near the attic. They're near the part where he told her that he was going to kill the two people who were screwing, the ones that go up there first to screw. He, yeah. he, he moves in there to kill them, and then she leaves, or, or she, um, she starts having a crisis of conscience at this point, and and she's like, I can't film this, I can't do this, and then Leslie comes back in there after he's killed him. He's like, Listen, he said, I'm afraid this was going to happen. He said, Just get the fuck out now. He's like, You know, and then he kind of changes his demeanor toward her. He stops being as friendly toward her or the camera crew for a split second. Um, I'll get to that in a second, but anyways. And he tells him, he's like, I can't have you mess this up. This is too important. He's like, if if you can't, you know, just film this and be unbiased about it, then just <laughs> just go. He's like, that's all. That just leave. And so she's out there, and he he meets up with them for you know before they leave. And he actually has a nice moment with with everybody. He hugs her again, thanks her for 
being there he uh you know fist bumps the two camera guys and they're like you know and they're they're praising him saying you're so cool leslie (laughs) you know and he and he and he he puts on the mask and he's all serious and he goes back toward the house and but he tells them they've got to get out of there because he they can't intervene and that's whenever she starts convincing him she's like guys we can't do this these are innocent kids we've got to do something and so she ropes the two camera guys into coming in and, and interfering with leslie's plans and she thinks because she knows how he's doing everything that she's going to, you know, uh, be able to outwit him because she, she can tell the kids what's happening. Here's the twist. She realizes partway through, like, watching these kids get massacred by Leslie, that the the final girl who they find fucking a guy, first of all, she <laughs> slipped off and she's fucking her boyfriend, which, you know, proves that right there she's not the final girl. Then she passes out whenever they tell her that she's, the, when when Taylor tells her, she's like, you're the final girl. You've got to be the strong one that, that's your whole role. You're the survivor girl. That's how they, that's what they call them in this movie, survivor girl. Yeah. It's like, you're the one to lead us out of this. She passes out because she can't take the, the stress <laughs> of it. <laughs> not the final girl. And then she's upstairs after Leslie has made the comment that anybody upstairs will never be able to swing off the roof using the branches because he has cut into them and made sure that the only ones there are weak and will break and cause the person to have a problem whenever they try to. Yeah. She, she deliberately goes out there despite them screaming at her. The, the branch breaks immediately. She falls down, snaps her neck. She's gone. Like she's completely removed from the movie. Yeah. Taylor realizes when they are chased to the barn, uh, there, uh, that, um, uh, and, and everything else pretty much goes like he says that she is the final girl. And then they all look at her. The ones that are surviving or, you know, Todd's already sacrificed himself. He goes out there. He uh, agrees to, to, to try to save Taylor or, and, and the other camera guy, he's like, let me just get it, get Leslie away from you. I can reason with him cause they had a good relationship prior, but Leslie's in full on slasher mode. Oh yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't listen to Todd. He just takes him out, snaps his neck, done with him. Uh, they're, they're all in the, the barn, the rafters of the barn after, you know, he, he told her that he was going to take the one girl, like grab her and like flip her up there and take her out. And then the boyfriend would come up there and he would hang him. Uh, that doesn't happen just yet, but they're all up there in the rafters and Taylor's like, Oh my God, I'm the final girl. And they're looking at her like, what the fuck are you talking about? The other camera guy. And she's like, and he's like, you can't be the final girl. You're not a virgin. And she just gives him a look and hides her face. And he's like, what the fuck? And she's like, he, Leslie, set this all up he knew i was you know because you know he he says he can sense virgins you know that's no god one of their you know abilities of a slasher and you know he set up through the entire movie that he actually they set up this nice thing in the movie where he discusses how a slasher his whole goal is to take the woman and empower her. Like, yeah. You know, it's almost like they love the woman enough to, yeah. to through the trauma to make them better people. It's the way he establishes it, especially when he's talking to Eugene and, and that whole thing. Well, he has this entire movie had her in on his killings with the intention, knowing that she was a virgin, that she had too good of a conscience to stand by and allow him to do what he was doing, that she would stand up and become the final girl. So he is so brilliant. He has let her in on it and still turned her into the final girl without her even realizing that she's being manipulated that way. Oh shit. So everybody else continuously gets killed. Just like he said, uh, the other camera guy, uh, 
provides a distraction long enough to basically uh, he he actually at that point because that camera guy knocks out Doc Holleran. You know, there's that yeah. whole thing where they have will show up and he'll get stabbed. Well, they knock Doc Holleran out, and like you know, it looks like he's just going to be taken out of the movie. But whenever it comes down to Taylor and the other camera guy being the only two left, all the kids are dead. They've done their stupidity, like just like Leslie said they would. Um, he's standing there and he's going to be the final sacrifice. Doc Holleran shows back up again, uh, gets stabbed just like Leslie said he would. And then of course, uh, the final camera gets taken out and it's just her left. She does exactly what he says that the final girl would do. She goes and she grabs an ax, although she does grab one from the back of the barn or the shed because he told her that all the, the ones in front would be damaged in some way. Uh, jokes on her though. He also damaged ones in the back. So even with that, you know, she still got a faulty weapon. Um, and there's that whole scene that's really good between them because he's explaining the phallic symbol nature of it, you know, about how she's grabbing his manhood oh my because God. all the weapons, you know, have that phallic symbol appearance about them, uh, which is actually something that's been discussed in like theories and they're about damaged. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> But anyway, she grabs an axe and she goes out into the, uh, the 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 grove, the apple grove, just like he said she would. It's brilliantly lit. It's it's actually spooky. The lights are really well done. It's all cinematic, just like we said. It's it's switched at this point. And she uh, attacks him at one point when he comes up on her. Uh, he buries the axe head into his chest. But whenever she's looking around trying to figure out what to do, she's, uh, she, uh, she, gra- she throws the handle at first, but then decides that it's stupid. She might as well have something to, in case he gets back up because she knows how this is going to go. And when she does and she looks around, he's gone. She goes to the actual cider house, just like he said she would. And she ends up uh, pulling a maneuver. I think that's, was actually taken from Friday part three. She takes one of these like hook, like pulleys or whatever that's in there, swings it at him, knocks him over, uh, and then wrestles uh, with him for a bit until she can shove his head into the cider press. And then she cranks it down and crushes his skull and then sets fire to the place. And, uh, it's her and doc Holleran's still alive. He was gutted, but he's still alive. So he's still around like doc, Dr. Loomis. And, um, and then Todd is, is, as uh, is somehow not been fully taken out either. I mean, he, it looks like he was grazed, but he wasn't fully killed as the three of them. And she, and, you know, she's obviously, you know, traumatized and she says, surely it's over and that sort of thing. And that's when it, you know, cuts the end credits where there's a guy at the morgue, like working through his notes and he doesn't notice after he wills out Leslie's corpse that it rises back up at the end. Bitch, you um, thought. But that's how the movie, so that's the thing that I love about the movie is that she was always the final girl and he had her in on it the entire fucking time. That's badass because I was not (laughs) thinking that. I was thinking that she was going to get suckered into being a killer with him. Yeah, and that's the way that it seems like it's going in the movie. And that's, and and this is a spoiler for our Death Holler Awards, but she's probably one of my favorite final girls because she's, got a great relationship with the slasher up into that point. And then like, they're almost friends, uh, yeah. you know, and then, then he, he still manipulates her and he yeah. still gets, you know, that part out of her. And she does exactly what a good final girl or survivor girl does. She stands up to him. She, you know, outwits him. And then in the end she triumphs over him. <laughs> Damn. It's, it's, it's a good movie, you know? Um, shame it didn't get more press the time that it came out, but I think slashers were kind on the outs whenever this movie came out. So it was, uh, you know, and it being a meta commentary, it kind of hurt it too. I guess so. Um, it's definitely one of those, like, um, 
underrated. Like, holy crap. Like, because I was not wanting to watch this film at all. And then when I got to watching it, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I guess because it's, it's also a comedy. So, like, yeah. you get oh you get so many fucking laughs out of it. You root definitely root for the killer at a lot of points, you know. Uh, and he's just so weird. Like, he's so enthusiastic sometimes, and then he gets, you know, super serious, or he has just enough. I don't know. He, you, you could definitely tell he's got a little bit of uh, maybe possibly schizophrenia, bipolar. I don't know. Hey, and that's one thing I'll give him is I'm mean, skipping ahead to the just to talking about the movie because we've discussed the story, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that's out there. The acting of it, that actor they got to play with Leslie Vernon, mm-hmm. he can turn on a dime. Like, oh my he's God, so yeah. likable in those scenes. But then whenever he turns serious, like he's scary. Like, yeah. You know. Oh, he did a great job for sure. <clears throat> Like that scene where, I mean, the part I know you've seen where she, uh, he catches the fact, he told her, he's like, don't you ever talk to, you know, the one that he claims is the final girl. Yeah. And then whenever he finds out that she has, like he gets fucking. Oh yeah. She almost ruined his fucking plans. Yeah. Just super pissed off. And because, uh, the, the Ahab, you know, Dr. Doc Holleran, like actually like senses something. And that's another hint in the movie that's subtle. He's a, he, he senses that she's the virgin too, because like within that, that crowd at the diner, his eyes are drawn to her. Like, I mean, I I know he's seen her previously and he's got questions about that, but he's also, it's almost like that protective, like this is the Laurie Strode. I've got to have like some kind of association with this person. Yeah. Um, and the actor that the actress they got, I mean, the one from Home Alone, she does a good part. I feel like for you know that, you know, being almost on his side, but then at the later when she has to turn on him, she she does it convincingly. Yeah. Uh, what'd you feel about Eugene as far as an actor, like the guy who plays a uh, Hersh or you know the Herschel's actor or whatever Scott? What'd you feel about him? What was his full purpose? Was he a mentor? He- He's a mentor. He's okay. the one teaching Leslie the tricks of the trade. Okay, I got that because I was like, okay, is this guy a fucking serial killer teaching him how to be a serial killer? Yeah, that's exactly okay. what his purpose is. I was like, am I getting this right? Like, I couldn't believe it. It was just funny because Eugene was just so, I don't know, like a kind of a positive guy. I mean, he's clearly happy with his wife. Does his wife, did his wife know? Why am I, what am I missing? She knew everything. She was, and she has discussions with uh, Taylor in front of her, and she's she's asking Leslie how it's going with the final girl if he's established a connection yet. Yeah, I and, thought she, uh, they just knew because of the documentary. Uh, but no, she's she's fully on board, and like, there's I, I feel like there's a lot in the movie where like the two her and Eugene are talking, and it's like and and. Um, uh, he says something effective like the final girl always gets away and then she turns around and says not all of them and then she smiles and like you know kind of kiss him on the cheek to hint that she was his final girl but she fell in love with him in a weird way like yeah. you know <laughs> I don't know that's pretty I don't know the whole situation was pretty funny I mean like he, they're just they just have this happy couple married life like I said she's fucking hot and Herschel's Herschel you know and even like the butt yeah. slap that he gives her and everything you know yeah, and she's totally into it. Oh, yeah. And like, he's, you know, and he's, like, you know, um, uh, he's helpful around the house. Like, he's, you know, like, a good husband to her. Like, it's 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 a really straight situation knowing he's a killer, you know. And yeah. And in particular, the killer from Black Christmas, which is one of the most misogynistic, uh, you know, woman haters of all the ones we've covered because, like, he deliberately went after women, you know. That yeah. was his main thing. Yeah. <clears throat> It almost makes you wonder if she's supposed to be like a, 
Well, it almost makes you wonder if she's that character that uh, was the survivor, the maybe survivor, maybe final girl to die in Black Christmas, the one that laid on the bed, you know, yeah. the one that was the, the that was pregnant or whatever. It, it almost makes you wonder if she that's who that was supposed to be. Like she somehow, like you know, through the trauma or whatever, had like Nightingale syndrome and like or you know or whatever it is where uh, or Stockholm syndrome where she's like you know just got. I don't know, like her <laughs> fell in love with her attacker or whatever. Um, I guess so. Cause she was definitely into him. <laughs> That's the whole situation. Like I clearly, I was having a hard time understanding or computing what I was watching. Cause I'm like, is this really fucking happening? And also, by the way, the movie felt real too. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, there was parts of it. And one thing that I, I loved about it is, and I've got it in the in the trivia. I think I've got most of them in there. There is so many references to other horror films in this. Like it, it, it really like in the background, especially uh, the fact that Leslie's real name. It's revealed that it's not actually Leslie Vernon. That he's trying to take that persona of that dead, you know, child or whatever on as yeah. so that he's his name's Leslie Mancuso. And the fact that that's the name of the producer for all of Friday the Thirteenth is hilarious. You know. Yeah. Um, and there's stuff like that throughout the film. It's just that that's constantly in the movies. It, yeah. Or, um, music is, is serviceable. I mean, it's a documentary, so there's not a lot in it. I don't no. feel like, but, but when there, it needs to be in the cinematic portions, it, it does its job. Yeah. It I have to agree with as that. As well as April Fool's Day at, at all though, you know. Yeah, it doesn't, but it's appropriate enough. I think the movie's interesting enough, um, uh, so interesting, or at least it captivates you enough that you don't really care about any music that may or may not be playing. I, I agree with that. Like, you're, the actors are selling the, the roles well enough, and then the story itself, like, the, the, the twist on the whole, you know, like, slasher genre is enough to keep you invested in it without all that. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about it before I move on to trivia? I, I know that you missed that last part, but I, I'd recommend you go back and watch it because I just love that turn that when yeah. she realizes that no. she's the final girl. I'm absolutely going to go watch it now. Just for anyone <laughs> listening that is like, whoa, he just spoiled the movie for me. I fucking love spoilers. I For certain things, like uh, sometimes I'll be good and I will save myself, you know, for like, for instance, reviews, a lot of the reviews we've done, movies I've seen for the first time, which is great. I think especially for the podcast, but um, in other things, I guess you would say more pop culture type references. I, I do. I don't care if I get spoiled or not. I won't get mad. You're not going to see me pissed off about it. Um, sometimes sometimes I'll look for them. Rarely if I get them, usually I just don't get upset. I rarely go look for them, though. Um, the only ones the only ones I mind personally are the whodunits or ones where there's like something – that's in the movie that if, if it was spoiled, it kind of ruins. Like, I mean, for instance, the, what a twist, you know, the, the M night Shyamalan ding dong of it all. Like if you say, if you reveal that ending to sixth sense, you've ruined the movie. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways. I mean, cause you don't get that, you don't get that thrill at the end of that movie of like, just that, you know, like the, the electricity shooting up your spine. When yeah. You're like, oh my God, he's dead. You That's know, like true. that whole thing. It blew know? me away. Had I not watched, I guess maybe the thing with me is, is that if I chose not to watch the movie for that long, that's my fault. You know, like if I, if I had never watched the sixth sense when it came out, cause I had seen it in the theaters and you and I are talking about it and I find out, Oh my God, this is the killer or not the killer. Excuse me. This, this person's actually not alive. I would have been like, what? But I wouldn't have been mad. You know, I was like, Oh, well that's, 
Cool. I still would have watched it, you know. And 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 also, there's probably people out there mad that we spoiled that because it's not, and that's not what we're discussing. Come on, folks. The Sixth yeah. Sense. If, yeah. I don't know how you've not been spoiled on that movie by now. Like that's. I mean, they make fun of it in other movies, so the context alone. I mean, they make fun of it in Scary Movie. That's one of the parodies in that movie. Yeah. Because like he's because Shorty's like all smoked up to the point he's like, shit, dog. I see dead people. You know, like it's it's. I mean, that's the whole thing of the movie, you know? Yeah. So I don't mind a spoiler. Uh, I am going to go back and watch this. This movie is one of those movies that I, I had not heard about it until you told me about it. I thought it was going to be like some 1978 type fucking film that you usually make me watch. I was like, oh boy, this is going to be fun. It was not that at all. And it's one of those movies that you you have to watch it. You have to give it. I haven't given it the full chance that it deserves because, you know, I've been busy and I'm a little tired. That's fine. But when I get through that and I get the chance to finish this movie, yeah, it's going to be well-deserved and definitely wanted because I'm like, holy crap, this movie is not at all what I expected. That's the reason I fell in love with it because I, I heard a lot of people recommend it and I didn't know what the twist was to it. I just knew it was a documentary about that uh, or in that, in that sort of vein. And I mean, that's all you really need to know to, to kind of get the gist of the movie. But like I started watching it and I was like, holy shit. Like I like what they're, you know, the commentary. And then at the end with that twist, I'm like, yeah, this movie's good. I really yeah. like this, you know? Um, but yeah, I highly recommend it. I, I underrated. I I can't. I think I've got it in the notes about why it failed at the you know at the box office. But like, it's one of those things where I feel like more people should go back and visit it. And they did make either a prequel or a sequel comic about it because that was one of the things that the 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 writers they 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 liked what they wrote and everybody appreciated what they wrote. So they decided to continue the story even if they couldn't do it in a movie form and like a comic book form. So there is a comic book out there that continues this little bit yeah um i think i thought i saw something about before the mask i think that might be it might be a prequel or something yeah Yeah. and it's supposed to have as many references or more as like the movie actually has yeah uh ready for the final trivia of the evening uh yes i'm ready at the beginning, Taylor is standing in front of the Red Rabbit pub. This is a reference to the Red Rabbit matchbook found in, uh, by Dr. Loomis in the Halloween movie in 1978. Oh, yeah. Uh, the first time Taylor interviews Eugene and his wife, a lament configuration puzzle box from Hellraiser can be seen sitting on the table. Oh, yeah. I was wondering <laughs> what that was. Uh, this is Zelda Rubenstein's last movie. Oh, shit. Uh, when Leslie and the graduate students are scoping out potential victims at the school, he makes eye contact with a young woman. As this happens, the three girls can be spotting. Uh, three girls can be spotted playing jump rope in the background. Oh, yeah. They're in white dresses. This is obviously a reference to Nightmare on Elm Street yes. because it's straight up from it. Yeah, I saw that. When Leslie uh, first shows the crew his home, he introduces his two pet turtles as Church and Zoe. <laughs> These are the names of the resurrected pet, resurrected pets from Pet Cemetery. Okay, I remember Church. Who was Zoe? Uh, the dog from part two. Oh, I love that dog. Uh, it looked like a yeah, wolf. Yeah, that, that, that poor dog is in part two. And it's a big, it's a, I want to say it's a, it's not a St. Bernard, but it's like a Rottweiler or something like that. It's a, it's a large dog in part two. I thought two. it was like a, um, almost like a, a husky of sorts, almost like a wolf. Yeah, yeah it might be, it might be like, but it's, it's a larger size breed. Okay. I remember that from Break it. my heart right now. I have. <laughs> Lost memory of what happened to that dog. I watched that movie, too. I've watched that movie multiple times. Uh, 
that's got a weird connection to John Wick Four because uh, Clancy Brown, the great Clancy Brown, who's mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Crab, you know, or whatever, yeah, or Mr. Crabby or whatever. Um, he's he's in the John uh, he's in John Wick Four and he plays a great character in that. But he's also the main bad guy mm-hmm. in Pet Cemetery too because he's that abusive uh, stepdad yeah. who ends up killing the dog. So okay, yeah, I th- I thought so. I just didn't remember, <laughs> but I remember him holding his dog. Uh, I was like, oh, I was mortified. When Leslie first takes Taylor uh, and her crew to meet Eugene and his wife, the car parked in Eugene's driveway is the same color make and model as the car seen in director Sam Raimi's movies. Wait, what? Say that again? So whenever Leslie first takes uh, Taylor and the crew to meet Eugene and his wife, there's a car in Eugene's driveway. It's It's the Sam Raimi car, the one that Sam Raimi's like, piece of shit that that ash always has in yes. all the evil dead movies yes okay no i recognize that <laughs> uh doc holloran is a mashup of danny torrance's nickname doc in the shining and dick halloran's name from oh, the yeah. from that same movie <laughs> i was wondering i was like why do i recognize this name <laughs> uh the character kelly curtis is a reference to scream queen jamie lee curtis who happens to have a sister named kelly curtis <laughs> good lord <laughs> Uh, Leslie's real surname, like I says, Mancuso, which is the producer of the Friday 13th movies. Uh, uh, it's, uh, the uncredited actor who, um, this could also be a nod to Mick, uh, Nick Mancuso, who's the uncredited actor who portrayed Billy in the original, uh, Black Christmas movie. Yeah. So they, they got double references in on that whole thing, which is pretty good. Zelda Rubenstein used her signature voice from Poltergeist while telling the legend of Leslie Vernon to the girl in the library. (laughs) Uh, When Leslie is applying the makeup while being interviewed about his target, the song playing in the background is the same as that heard at the end of The Shining. I do remember that. uh, Where Jack Torrance appears in the photo Midnight, the stars of you sung by Al Boley and Ray Noble uh, from 1934. He's sitting there and he's putting the makeup on. It's that old-timey shining music that's playing in the background. I remember. When Taylor is interviewing Leslie in the shed before the night the murders take place, her mittens have the same moose pattern as Kevin McAllister's hat in Home Alone. Oh wow! That's a good that's a good meta reference for the actress. <laughs> uh, the town in which the movie is set, Glen Echo, is based in a real neighborhood of Montgomery County, Maryland, near where writer and director Scott Glosserman grew up. A noble feature of the area, having turned the century amusement park that stood mostly abandoned for several centuries as it deteriorated and earning a fitting haunted reputation among the locals. The carousel for which the park is known is referenced in the Glen Echo Entertainment's uh, production logo that you can see at the beginning of the film. Uh, funny thing is, right across from where this movie was filmed is where um, Blair Witch Project was filmed. It was the same area, exactly. Oh, wow. Although it's never explicitly mentioned in the film, Eugene is tended to be an older version of Billy from Black Christmas. And Kate Ho- Kane Hodder, who played Jason Voorhees in four of the Friday the 13th Jason movies, is seen walking in the 428 Elm Street. Yeah. This was the address in which Nancy lived in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. The, the house was the house, wasn't it? Or was it not? Yes. I, I think it was the exact house. And it's funny. I love that part of the movie because he's going back and he's talking about the previous ones. You see Camp Crystal Lake with the sign. Yeah. It's frozen over at the time, but the signs, in the, you know, fell over because of disuse. Uh, you see, not you see uh, Springwood. They mention Springwood, Ohio, on the Elm Street, and then they show, uh, you know, uh, the, the the town from Halloween or whatever. 
uh, and and they show like this family that's like it happens to be inside because it's Halloween and they're scared to death to be outside. And they, <laughs> they see the the camera crew out, you know, kind of looking through the windows. And they go up and they immediately sh- close the blinds. Oh my god! Yeah, so many references. <laughs> what was you gonna say? I said so many references. I, it's so good that way. Like it references so many things and like ties. And he even mentioned Chucky at one point too, like, you know, in the movie. So he even throws that, that other slasher in on it. Uh, Death Holler Awards. Uh, Kelly Curtis is not the final girl. Throw her right out. She's a terrible final girl because a, she's not a virgin. She's fucks right before she dies. Yeah. Uh, she's not a leader of any way, shape or form. And she's kind of a shitty person because whenever I, when you watch that, you'll notice when the stuff starts going out, she's throwing out blame left and right. She's like, I mean, she's just she's a miserable, a terrible person. Like, just I mean, the opposite of what a final girl really is. And it's funny because they made her look so like kind of sweet and innocent, you know. Yeah, and then all the scenes leading up to it, she's a traditional like, oh my god, did my family have links to Leslie's? Did my uncle like rape his, you know, whatever? Because that's the whole setup for the movie that 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 uh, Leslie puts out there. He puts that, that little fake flyer out that you know, like her uncle was the one that molested his mother and caused him to be born, and that that's the reason his family ha- his father hated him was because he knew that he wasn't his child or whatever. That yeah. was the backstory. Um, but Taylor, on the other hand, Taylor Gentry is, she's one of the best final girls that we've had period, because you get the interaction with a killer, which I absolutely love in this movie. She's actually weirdly like sympathetic toward him in a lot of the movie. And then whenever she has to turn on him, she goes in the full on, like just straight every bit of the character. And then Leslie, it's almost like he is he's happy in that scene where that's the thing I love about it in the scene in the cider press when she's crushing his skull, he's almost got a smile on his face, knowing that he brought the true yeah. version of her out. Fucking weirdo. <laughs> um so when you watch that you can kind of come back later and just kind of give me your rankings on her as a final girl, but I I love her. Like she's great. Yeah. Uh that's the reason I, saw, I tagged you in Facebook on that post that said underrated final girls, which I didn't think about it, but the one from your next is actually a final girl even though they're not supernatural killers in that movie. It's more of a home invasion movie, but she still is a final girl. The only and one then, I recognized recognized was uh the one from uh what do you call it? Uh why can't I think of it right now? The one with Art the Clown. Oh yeah, Terrifier. Yeah, uh, she's a great one too. Like I love that that new Final Girl from that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they had her, and then I want to say they had the one from Barbarian in it, like in that one, or maybe I don't I'm looking, remember I was if I saw her one. for sure or not. But uh, no, the one that was in the up, the upright corner was the one from Your Next, and that's that's a good movie. But I almost feel like it 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 straddles the line. It's it's got slight extra qualities, but it's human horror, and I almost want to save it for human horror season because it's such a good movie, you know. Yeah, um, I only but, see a uh, girl from Terrifier and uh, the girl from this movie, and I don't recognize the other two. But um, but yeah, well, the one like I said up in the upper right corner is the one from your next, and uh, but for sure Taylor. I mean, it, because the whole post on the whole point of that post was it said underrated final girls, yeah. and like Taylor's definitely, I mean, up there. Like she's one of the better ones, and like nobody even knows about her. What do you think about Leslie as a slasher? <laughs> He's a genius. <laughs> He's a he, genius. 
he is uh, they there's so many ways in this movie that like he shows he's a genius like the, he, i love that scene of him working out and he talks about how important cardio is yeah <laughs> he's like well he's like you can't be like you know out there out of breath like trying to sneak up on these people and he's like and you've got to like they're running like at a full sprint and he said you've got to be walking but still keep up with them he's like that takes a lot of cardio to do yeah i mean you know? and it's so funny because like he has so many good points and you're sitting there and you're like yeah yeah he's right and it's like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> no reina that is not right that is bad and 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 he when him and Eugene are talking about like just how like you know because Eugene like because Taylor brings it up she's like why do you have to do these things and like and Eugene's like why is she asking this question and like is she not got you know and he's like no she's new won't you explain it to her since you're the old timer and he's like and he basically they they almost like glamorize the slasher saying it's yes. like you know, saying that for good to truly exist or needs to be an evil to offset it and bring and make it shine brighter by the fact that it exists. And it's like, they're, you know, saying that they're actually making the world better because they're making, they're making the good people like tougher and stand out more because the, and, and it's like you're, and, and they're almost good enough in their description. It's like, you're buying it for a second. It's like, yeah, you're and it's like, no, look, what the fuck are you doing to me right now? You're killing people. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. There's, I, I, I'm with you. Like I, he's, he's so likable in some of these scenes too. And you're, it's like, you're not, you don't want to like him, but mm -hmm. like, yeah, just like the camera crew, he, he's, he's, he's nice and, you know, outgoing. And I mean, that's all that stuff. It almost feels just like, okay. Cause you're watching it and you're like, oh, well this is just somebody that's enthused about the slasher genre in general. You know, he's a good person. He's not a good person. <laughs> he's absolutely not uh especially whenever they reveal mm. like the reason that uh doc holloran is is like uh, or halloran however you want to pronounce it is like actually it's, it was actually his psychiatrist and uh and he and, and and going back to what you were talking about how smart he was like she mentions like why is he not just taking you out and he's like oh because he said i uh set it up to where it looked like he uh he invaded, you know, like uh, overstepped his bound as a psychiatrist, and I've got like a restraining order against him. He can't get around me. Yeah. And, and it's like, damn, this guy's thought everything through, you know? <laughs> um, so I, th I think he'd probably go down as the smartest slasher that we'll ever get to cover because, like, he's just got all the angles covered, like, every time that he does what he does. Yeah. Uh, best kill, post hole digger. Oh, yeah. Ripping out the heart. It I don't know. I, well, I didn't see all, but I did. And I'm trying to think if I saw that one. because so I was looking up something. I forgot what I was looking up, and I saw that kill specifically, but I can't remember in my stupor. I don't think I saw it uh, watching the movie. I think I saw it in something I was looking up, which I found some trivia, and I think you might have gone over it already, though, uh, when I had seen that. Anyways, yes, that was the best one for me. And and he not only takes the, rips the guy's heart out, but he hands it back to him oh, and lets him hold it. Before yeah. Oh. <laughs> so uh, it's the having his head in the cider press is a cool way for the the slasher to die. So I yeah. give him credit for that. Uh, best scream in the movie is Lauren. 
uh, uh, she's also the best boobs in the movie. Remember, she's the hoe. She's yeah. the one that goes down into the, the, they're trying to, the lights go out because Leslie had it set up and the, the breaker box is in the cellar or whatever. So they go down there. And of course he said, horny teens being teens. He's going to want to, you know, use the dark and, you know, and the fact that they're alone to try to get a little something out of it. And of course, like she starts like giving him head basically. And then, you know, he gets killed from the guy gets killed from behind and she's allowed to live to come upstairs to basically get everybody spooked. So they'll start making mistakes. Yeah. Works perfectly. He's got it figured out. Exactly. Um, uh, best side character for me has to be Eugene. Oh yes. 100%. Like just the intro scene where you like, Leslie has to go out and dig him up from his, uh, you know, his deprivation tank that he's been in. And it's like, he's like, he's like, what are you doing old timer? And like, you know, he's like, he's barely, he's barely there. And he's like, what time is it? And he's like six. And he's like, is it Tuesday? And he's like, Tuesday. He's like, man, this is Thursday. You've been down there for days. Come on, get out of there. (laughs) Good God. And then, and just the way that Scott uh, Wilson, I believe is the actor's name, like was able, when he comes out, he's like hobbling because it's like, you can tell like his muscles ain't been used for a few days yeah. while he's acting. Like, I love it. It's just great. Um, best, what is the best slasher movie reference to you in this movie? Um, God, there was so fucking many of them. Well, okay. I'm going to go with the one I remember because I recognized Kane Hodder and that was the Nightmare on Elm Street house. Because I was That's, like, is that the house? I wasn't sure that that was the house. Um, I don't know if it's the exact house from the exact the first movie, but it was a close enough approximation yeah. that, it, that it served the purpose. Yeah, so that was it for uh, me. Well, and I guess the hardest part was is that it was like it was Kane Hodder. Yeah, and, and it's like you, you see Kane Hodder and you're like, okay, they got their – so they got both the actors for Jason and Freddy to be yeah. in this movie. That's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Uh, that was a good one to me just because it's so quick is the little girls jumping rope in the background because yeah. it was perfectly imitating And, and yes, uh, and you knew exactly what it was when you saw it too. Uh, best – I'm going to give this award for the best slasher and final girl bonding scene because we'll <laughs> never get another one of these again when Leslie was crying and Taylor's comforting him. Yeah. Like – it's so sweet and so fucked up when you realize that he knew she was the final girl. And it was like, and you're wondering, and it makes you wonder when you know that, go back and rewatch it. Cause I knew this, like watching that scene, it's like, does he really, he, he really respects her. But at the same time, he's getting ready to torture the fuck out of her. Like, yeah. it's so weird and fucked up. <laughs> Cause he compliments her. He said, he tells her constantly how good of it he, you know, throughout the movie when she says something, he's like, good. He's like, brilliant. You figured it out. Like, you no, know, because she's, she guesses where he's going with his logic and yeah. like he's, and he's actually enthused by the fact yeah. that she's doing that. He's like, she gets me. He was thinking <laughs> that that was going to be his wife. Just like Eugene had a wife, you know, <laughs> if you survive um, this bitch, <laughs> I'm going to marry you. <laughs> Uh, what did you think about Zelda Rubenstein as the uh, Doom Prophet in this? Because she's clearly the, yeah. the one and only Doom Prophet. Definitely the annoying Doom Prophet. I was, you know, it was very cliche to see her. I know that this film had a lot of references, and that was a good reference to have. Uh, I was just like, whatever. <laughs> she she adds to the annoying part of the Doom mm-hmm. Prophet just with her voice. I hate yeah. to say that because, <laughs> you know. She does. But it, but it adds. Uh, I'm going to give an honorary Dr. Loomis award to Doc Holleran because yeah, well, what he is. I mean, 
And uh, dumbest moment in this one. I don't feel like there is a lot of dumb moments in this because, like, they, I mean, the what the, the teenagers acted stupid. They're being so well manipulated by Leslie. They don't really have a choice. He's got their, he is so smart, going back to what you said, that he figures out their, the what their motives are, what their, how their reactions are going to be, that he, that they have no options. Like, he knows what they're yeah. going to do before they do it. The one dumb moment. And that's another thing that, that he gets credit for because he's so smart is Taylor after knowing everything that he's about to do yeah. still involves herself in the final fight with him when she could have just, he gave her the option. He said, you can leave, but he yeah. knew, he knew she wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, and that, it worked out obviously for the film. I think the best thing she could have done, probably more lives would have gotten saved if she had been like, Hey, I'm going to the police, but could she go to the police? And saying, hey, I'm filming a, do- a documentary on a serial killer, you know, up-and-coming serial killer. She didn't really have any proof either until the uh, to the scene where uh, the, the librarian was killed because that was the actual first death that, yeah. you know, Leslie did. I mean, other than that, he talked a good game, but he hadn't actually done anything at that yeah. point. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, she was expertly manipulated because he knew he, he, he knew enough about her that she would not leave. And like, yeah. and he, and he gave her multiple tests at the beginning of the movie too. And I think that's, that goes into it. I mean, that's another dumb moment you can probably say is her going against his witches and like involving herself directly with the, the quote unquote final girl that, that Leslie had chosen. But he, that was a test. He wanted to see if she would bite uh, morally on that one, and like she did, and so he knew he had her at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, it just it works. I mean, for the movie so well, showing just how, you know, how much he knew, like, about his his, his survival girl that, like, he, it's like, okay, this, I know where she, what she's going to do. And another thing that they did at the end of it that you that you appreciate is that she starts to, she tries to use the information he gave her against him, but he swapped things on her. And she's like, he knew, he knew we, should, we was going to do this. And like, yeah. so he told them that he was going to put certain things in certain areas. And when they go to do that, they're not there anymore. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I was thinking when he was describing the final girl, when he was, you know, well, yeah, just exactly what I said, describing, was he describing her? I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to piece if, if he was obviously virginal, he was. He, he was pretty much describing yeah. her and she didn't realize it. And I don't know if she, she almost feels like it. I feel like whenever rewatching this, cause I, I saw it a couple, I've saw it a couple times now watching her in that scene where she's, you know, hearing him describe that there's a flush in her face. Like whenever he mentioned the virginal part, like yeah. she's almost giving herself away, but at the same time she's disconnected enough through the lens of the documentary portion of what she's trying to do that she's, that she doesn't admit that it could be her. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the way they worked it in there, but. It, it all worked out. So great movie. Highly recommend it to people. Yeah. I mean, it, especially if you're a fan of slasher movies, because you'll get the references, you'll get what they're trying to do with it. And I, I love the, the way that it, it, it knows the genre inside and out. Yeah. It's, you don't want to pass on this one for sure. I mean, like, even if you don't love it, it definitely has good points. There's a lot of good references, uh, a lot to learn for sure. I mean, if you want to understand the horror genre a little bit more, this is definitely a movie. Excuse me, the slasher genre. This is definitely the movie you want to watch to kind of get those key points. Yes, Scream can give it to you, but this really kind of breaks it down. It does it in a 
I like it in a better way because the Scream movies make it as a commentary from the slasher viewer's point of view. But this is like if you lived in that universe, it gives yeah. you from that point of view, which is an interesting twist on the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and something I forgot is that Robert England actually is does a really good job acting in this movie. I mean, he, oh. he's not playing an offshoot of Freddy in this. Yeah, no, he's not. And that's one thing I saw. So when I saw the uh, punch hole death, I think this is what I was kind of watching, is I guess Robert England was quite the mentor on this set and kind of showing him this is how you would slash, you know, this is how you would kill. So he really, he was like giving tips uh, to the guy playing Leslie. So he was the Eugene in the yes. real life yes. uh, for the actor. Yeah, okay. they said he was a fucking delight to work with. And I was like, that is just so refreshing to hear. You know, Freddy Krueger is amazing to work with. Pretty much everybody who's ever worked with him says that. Like, despite yeah. the fact that he, you know, plays this horrific character, that he's like one of the sweetest people you'll ever, like, actually get the chance to work with or meet whenever it comes to that. Yeah, I think I love that. Um plugs uh, the boys still on leanne to it are mm-hmm. they still uh doing their thing leanne to it is still a thing every sunday night um unless they decide to take a little breaky break which whatever hey we all do but they are live um they <laughs> list their phone number if you want to call in make a comment tell them they're stupid tell noah to leave his wife alone um <laughs> I, I need to uh, think remember to do that sometime and call in and like you know what we discussed or whatever just bringing up you know how uh you know, conservatives are you know, kind of like drop the ball when it comes to like, you know, allowing, I mean, you know, everybody complains about the agendas put in the movies from the left side of the political aisle, but yeah. it's cause conservatives just feel like all this stuff is, is baby shit that, you know, doesn't need to be focused on. And that's why they've lost the, all this stuff. I think that's yeah. a good point for them to bring up. Oh, definitely. So yeah, you guys, <laughs> you can do that. You can listen to them live. If you don't catch them live, you can listen to them the next day. But yeah, usually every Sunday night, uh, you know, West Coast time, 8 p.m. ish, they're on. So yeah, that's still a thing. What about the hot mess? Is that still on the back burner because of uh, life as it were? Uh, yes, there's a lot of material to be discussed that I've been talking to Candy about. Uh, so we will be getting her on soon. I don't know if I'm going to get her on before our epic girls trip we have coming up planned. I am trying to get her on uh, prior to that. So, but she's just got a lot of awesome things going on. Uh, she's had her own few trips to Disney already, which has been kind of, uh, you know, she had a breakup. So it's been kind of uh, therapeutic for her. But she also got this gig as a medic out in Florida uh, to do one of the cheer competitions out there. And they are sending her to Disney World. For free. Yeah, she's getting paid to do that. And so, yeah, so I'm pretty sure we'll be discussing that. So, yes, Hot Mess Express eventually is going to come back into town. Um, We don't have a date. We're working the details. It won't be consistent. Not like Death Holler is, so. And with that, everybody, peace be with you. And with your spirit.